You're listening to a Fat Cat Media Podcast. If you love caravanning, four-wheel driving, fishing, camping, gold detecting, exploring places, history and visiting destinations all rolled into each episode, welcome to the Road Less Travel Podcast, a podcast that documents and captures the Australian spirit of travel, discovery and adventure. And each week you can join myself where together we'll experience adventures all around Australia with glimpses into a world that's faded into history. The people, the places, the way of life. This is the Road Less Travelled. This is The Road Less Travelled, presented by Nikki Shea. The Road Less Travelled. Joining us, welcome to The Road Less Travelled podcast. Nikki Shea back in the seat with you. For this week's edition of The Road Less Travelled podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, through a whole range. We're also on Audible as well, Spotify and plenty more. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, that's where you can find us. Just simply search for the Road Less Travel Podcast, and here you are. Thank you very much for your company. Greatly appreciated. You can also follow us on social media through Facebook, also on Instagram as well, and you can find us more on the YouTube page that we have. Just search for Fat Cat Media, and our website too, fatcatmedia.com.au. That's where you'll find all the previous episodes of Season 1 and Season 2 of the show. Well, we've finally hit summer 2022. We are in to December and into the summer months and no matter where you are I'm sure that summer is hitting you in various various different ways and of course as mentioned in the last couple of episodes of the podcast we send a big shout out to the people who are still being uh, recovering from and the rebuilding process of the floods in northern Victoria, central Victoria and in southern New South Wales so our thoughts certainly do go out to those folks and hopefully that process of rebuilding continues in a very speedy fashion. Uh, Jeff and I had the uh, opportunity to call past some of those places over the last couple of weeks and man oh man the flood damage is just absolutely astronomical there is things up in trees that I didn't think could get up into trees and that's obviously because where the flood levels were and I'm talking things like plastic chairs um lounge suites all kinds of stuff that we just saw scattered scattered rather in uh, in all matter of location so our thoughts certainly go go out for those folks that were uh, impacted if that's you and we hope that the roadless travel podcast gives you some sort of enjoyment in some uh, pretty trying circumstances now speaking of the podcast this will be our last one for season 2022 this is the end of series two of the show in 2023 sounds a long way away but it's only uh, just over a month or so away we'll be back with um, more episodes of the show and a little bit uh, different features as well so thanks very much for your support over the summer you'll be hearing the best of so we'll go back and uh share some of the best bits of the road less traveled over the summer period now with our um the overriding business of the road less travel podcast of course is fat cat media and we've happily just invested in a great australian company called gin tonica it's a central resource for australian gin so whether you're searching for insights uh, learnings on craftsmanship distilleries cocktail recipes gin sample packs or simply to indulge your passion gin tonica is the collective for you now it was inspired by a combined love of Australian gin and as you know I love my gin and an interest in distilling. Um, in 2016 Gin Tonica set out on a discovery and an exploration of gin distilleries all across Australia and over the past few years Gin Tonica developed exclusive relationship with Australian craft gin distillers and they also learned about the people behind the labels their craft and also the distilling practices and the unique botanical structures at each of the gins. So we wanted to share our learnings of the craft too and give all gin lovers the opportunity like us to experience the really unique flavors of Australian craft gins which have come a massive long way in the last five years so from this gin tonica was created 
It was launched with the very first Christmas gin advent calendar back in 2017, featuring 24 of those little 50ml bottles of Australian craft gins and book showcasing a guide to Australian gin. If you want to find out more, um, it is your central resource for everything Australian gin. There's insights, new gin distillers as they pop up, cocktail recipes and heaps more. There's tasting notes, um, basic recipes and a whole range of Australian gin news. Um, They'll give you gin uh, distilleries in Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, all around Australia. If you want to find out more and if you do subscribe, you get 10% off. Head to gintonica.com.au and get aboard. It is an Australian company. We've aligned ourselves with an Australian company and uh, they're part of the Australian Distillers Association as well. So check out Gin Tonica. They're available too on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. Now, I guess it wouldn't be summer without us mentioning some of the best beaches. And we thought this week for our last episode we'd take a look at five of the best beaches in Adelaide. Our South Australian cousins get a little bit upset that we miss out of them. So with many, so many exceptional beaches so close to the city centre of Adelaide, Adelaide's sand and surf are virtually inescapable. One of our favourite things about Adelaide's metropolitan beaches is the fact that they are so accessible. You can simply jump in the car, chuck on your bathers or your togs as some people call them, and within the hour you can be sprawled out in a towel in the sun at Glenelg or perfecting your freestyle at Semaphore Beach. So with so many options so close to the city of Adelaide, it's easy to be overwhelmed. But fear not, here are our top five beaches in Adelaide. Number one, it goes without saying, is Glenelg Beach. Family-friendly Glenelg is one of the most popular metropolitan beaches. It's also the easiest to access You just hop on the tram from the city and get off at Mosley Square, just metres away from the water at Glenelg Beach. Jetty Road is a bustling mix of quality cafes, clothing boutiques and restaurants, and you can end your day in luxury at the plush Stanford Grand Hotel or the Seawell Apartments overlooking the beautiful Glenelg Beach. So that's Glenelg Beach. The next one, you can jump back into the car for 10 minutes and you'll be at Brighton Beach. Mirroring Glenelg with its own jetty road, Brighton really sort of has a, a similar relaxed vibe with eclectic cafes, restaurants and fish and chip shops are plenty. One of our favourite places to grab a bite is the Esplanade Hotel. It has great pub food and an impressive ocean view. On to Henley Beach. Now that's surrounded by a range of sort of high-end seafood restaurants and centering around a bustling grassed square. Now Henley is a must-visit whether you're after quality dinner quality swim or a bit of both the shoreline stretches out as far as the eye can see with plenty of space for laying out your towel or taking a dip semaphore beach is long wide and bordered by sand dunes the expansive foreshore and boulevard are dotted with beautifully preserved art deco buildings now nothing quite compares to the grandeur of semaphore's palais which originally was a 1920s bathing pavilion now it's a great place to grab a pub style lunch or enjoy a glass of wine or spirits semaphore road just meters away is bordered by historic pubs restaurants awesome boutiques and a treasure trove of op shops. On to places like Port Nolunga, Christie's Beach and Moana. Port Nolunga and Christie's Beach and Moana are a fair bit further away from the city but certainly well worth the trip. The three beaches, they are surfing and bodyboarding hotspots but still perfect for families as the swells rarely get too rough. You can also take your snorkeling gear to Port Nolunga. Its long boardwalk leads to a reef that's popular all year round. And post-swim, 
Why not grab a bite at the award-winning quarters, then shack up at the beautifully appointed coastal motel and apartments? And of course, importantly, staying safe at the beach for your safety. There are surf lifesavers which patrol many beaches throughout Adelaide and South Australia. Make sure that you jump out uh, at the local uh, surf living, left, rather surf life-saving centre to find out what uh, where it's being patrolled. And for more picture-perfect South Australian beaches, travel a little further and discover the top five Fleury Peninsula beaches that we featured earlier on in Series 2 of The Road Less Travelled. You can find the Fleury Peninsula, of course, it's just an hour's drive from Adelaide and it lies South Australia's coastal playground. It has some of the state's best beaches there too. And if you're ready to dive in, you can start at the Encounter Marine Park. You'll be spoiled for choice when it comes to swimming, paddling, fishing and surfing. You follow the lead of the local Instagrammer there, which is Jake Wondersitz of Wonderlust Media, who has listed his top five beaches on the Fleury Peninsula and his name Southport Beach being there. It has to be uh, just out of Port Nalunga, being so close to Adelaide. It's great for ducking down and catching a quick wave before or after work if you're into your surfing. This place has always been a go-to kind of summer beach, and it's also great for fishing, kayaking, or just taking in the scenery. Plus, there's stairs leading down to the sand, which make for some absolutely amazing photos. If you're down the Fleury Peninsula, check out the Blowhole Beach. You'll find them in the deep Creek Conservation Park. It's about 1.5 hours drive from Adelaide. Now the beach itself, it's only pretty small but it's rarely crowded and that's due to its isolation and its location. There's also plenty of wildlife to encounter in and out of the water from dolphins to kangaroos. Second Valley is the next one on the the agenda for um, a very popular sort of beach over the years because it's got so much to offer. The beach is pristine and perfect for swimming with really great coastal hikes nearby and a small jetty too which is a great spot for fishing again less than an hour and a half from Adelaide it's a fantastic day trip for those looking to get away from the city beaches of Adelaide there's also a great caravan park just behind the beach if you want to stay for the weekend there's also a local kiosk which is handy if you forget to bring snacks with you now Wake Pinga Beach and Parsons Beach are in the Newland Head Conservation Park these are two of probably the favorite surf beaches on the Fleury Peninsula when the waves are small, it's a very fun place to surf. However, swells become really heavy and extreme on bigger days, so people should be wary of their abilities and not paddle into anything that they're uncertain about too. These beaches boast beautiful soft sand and are both great spots for fishing. Port Elliot. Now, there are lots of different beaches along the Port Elliot coastline, including Horseshoe Bay, which is a great swimming beach and also good for families too. Knight's Beach is great for surfers and bodybuilders, while the Dump is a top spot for keen swimmers. You'll find a range of smaller options as you head further down towards the Chiltern Rocks. There's also Selix Beach, uh, one of the few beaches where you can drive your car straight onto the sand, along with the nearby Silver Sands, and Port Wollonga, one of the most Instagram spots on the Fleury Peninsula, thanks to the old jetty pylons and spectacular sunsets. So don't forget to, if you need more information and you more, need more inspiration to or temptation check out some of the beaches that we visit on the york peninsula on the air peninsula kangaroo island and on the limestone coast and as we said also in adelaide so summer's here you've got your summer holidays coming up maybe you've got a couple of weeks off maybe you just got the main break off over the christmas new year period no matter what you're doing we've got 10 unusual christmas holidays holiday destinations in australia that we're featuring this week and don't forget before you do go on any trip to make sure you get your car caravan or whatever you're towing if you're towing a trailer or a camper trailer or whatever or your boat 
make sure that you get them checked out. There's nothing worse than someone says, yeah, they should be right, and you're heading halfway down the uh, the road with a 100 other thousand people out there on the road. Something happens to your trailer or your tow vehicle. So make sure you get it checked out beforehand. Saves a lot of pus and pain in the long run. And also, too, if you're uh, out and about over the Christmas, New Year break, we're still on Instagram and Facebook. So shoot us a message and don't forget to share your photos and your destinations of where you are. And we'd love to hear from you. So even though we won't be uh, out and about on the podcast, we will still be, I should say, out and about. We just won't be podcasting. We're taking a bit of a break, but we will be highly active on social media and would love to get your uh, feedback on where you are, what you're doing, and uh, some great destination photos as well. Now, choosing the road less travelled is fine in theory, but it helps if you've got something to choose from. So, as I mentioned before, if you're looking to fill your summer with places and pastimes that never even occurred to you, we have 10 Christmas destinations that you might have left off the wish list or that famous bucket list. Number one for us, so it might be a destination you might find that you want to do over the Christmas break, is Victoria's Northeast. It's the perfect summer playground. It's not just a winter destination. Victoria's Northeast doubles as the perfect summer playground, especially from bases such as Bright or Mount Beauty. We spoke about these last week with the Great Alpine Road. Just over 300 kilometres from Melbourne via that Great Alpine Road, you can cycle the Bright Rail Trail, comprising more than 94 kilometres of sealed path along the disused railway line from Bright to Wangaratta. It has a very gentle gradient and it suits all ages. Bright also has plenty of cafes and restaurants and it is an easy access point for Mount Buffalo and it's many great walks and lookouts. In the Ovens Valley, visit the Snowline Deer and Emu tourist farm where kids can hand feed red deer and emus or take a farm tour in a US Army World War II scout car. As locals have discovered, Mount Beauty is a great family destination where even wineries are family friendly. Kids have plenty of space to run around while parents can enjoy their wine tasting. Wineries in the area include the Mount Bogon Estate, specialising in that most fickle, cool climate wine, the Pinot Noir. And if that's not enough to keep you occupied, try nighttime wildlife spotting or bird watching with Gippsland High Country tours or fishing on the Kiwa River. You can, for a number two destination, discover the world's oldest fossils at Lake Mungo National Park. Some of the oldest fossils in the world have been found at Lake Mungo, part of the Willandra Lakes World Heritage Area in the southwest corner of New South Wales. You can learn all about this fascinating place, which is home to the longest continuous physical records of Aboriginal life, dating from 40,000 to 60,000 years ago, on day tours run through the Visit Mungo site. Lake Mungo was once a 135 square kilometre square kilometer inland freshwater lake before it dried up around 14,000 years ago. On the various tours that are available, you'll learn about bush tucker plants and medicines. Visit the Mungo National Park Visitors Information Centre. You can see the historic woolshed built by Chinese labourers and then finally the Great Walls of China, which are just an amazing 30-kilometre crescent shape of eroded white sand dunes concealing examples of cooking hearths there's middens which are campfire areas and burial sites you'll also learn more about the ways of the local people on the way back to Wentworth now you can help save the frogs in the border ranges and the Wadigan mountains of New South Wales 
Volunteers and visitors can join conservationist Dr Michael Marnie on Australia's Vanishing Frogs, a conservation research project which is sponsored by Earthwatch to study the rapid decline in the native frog population in the border ranges and the Wadigan Mountains of New South Wales. Now Earthwatch, it's a non-for-profit organisation sponsoring conservation research projects both in Australia and overseas. So while paying volunteers work alongside scientists to collect data research. Frog populations, as we know, they're dwindling all around the world and on weekend or week-long projects, these volunteer families can join in one of a series of these bush camping expeditions which set off from Newcastle in New South Wales to find, catch, weigh, measure, they determine the sex of and then release frogs in order to observe their behaviour and record their calls. You'll also encounter a huge variety of other daytime and nocturnal wildlife including possums, birds and kangaroos. And when you're not swimming in the river or sitting comfortably around the campfire, that is. Cooking duties are shared with all meals prepared over an open fire, so there's no takeaways or maccas there. And the bush camp has toilets and hot showers as well. So check it out. It is through Earthwatch and you can help save the frogs in the mountains of New South Wales. If you've never been to Lord Howe Island, all the adventure is there. For a laid-back family holiday, you can't beat Lord Howe Island. It's a veritable paradise for kids with swimming, fishing, snorkelling, bushwalking and bike riding. Youngsters are happy on the lagoon beaches where the water laps the shell-strewn sand. You can cycle and walk with a backpack of barbecue supplies for lunch, then stroll through the palm forest, play around in the nine-hole golf course, or take a cruise around the island to see the other side of spectacular mounts Gower and Ligberg. The island has a precious world heritage listing with very rare native flora and fauna that can be seen up close on tours with local resident Ian Hutton or discovered through his guidebooks. From lookout points at Lord Howe, which is surrounded by the most southerly coral reef in the world, you can see the Admiralty Islands, Muttonbird Island and the towering Balls Pyramid away in the distance. You can also look down on the clear waters and see turtles. You can actually see turtles swimming by. It's just the sort of moment that ensures that Lord Howe Island creeps into your blood. No wonder there are entire extended families return here year after year. There's places to stay with families or for couples. Best check out the guide, which we'll put in the show notes for Lord Howe Island accommodation. We'll take a break on the road less travel and we'll wrap up the next five destinations over the Christmas New Year period. Back with more in just a moment. You're listening to The Road Less Travelled. Fat Cat Media offers consultancy and advice. If you are a motocross racer, motorcycle racer, trying to get ahead in the sport, or perhaps you have a business in the motorcycle industry or you're hosting an event, a stage show or a race meeting. With over 25 years industry knowledge and experience, we can help on a variety of platforms, whether it be as a racer or for those within the motorcycle and motorsport industry. We help you individually and your event with with clear and strong strategic plans with direction on how to achieve your goals as a racer or hosting an event within the industry. For more information, email fatcat at iinet.net.au. The Road Less Travelled podcast is a proudly Australian, fiercely independent podcast hosted and produced by me, Nikki Shea, for Fat Cat Media. We receive no corporate payments, which means we rely on self-sufficient financial support. If you can and are able to, we would love you to support us via Patreon. Listen to the Road Less Travel podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. You're listening to the Road Less Travelled podcast with Nikki Shea. 
Welcome back. And you know that we love Western Australia, being from Western Australia for Jeff. Esperance could possibly be the world's best-kept secret of family destinations. Well, is it? There are beautiful isolated beaches off Esperance in Western Australia. And sorry to blow the whistle, but flying, driving or taking the train down to Esperance, it's about 720k southeast of Perth, you'll find a family destination that is really hard to beat. In the area the tourism people call WA's Secret South, this is coastline with everything. It's got beautiful beaches, islands, wildlife, kangaroos are seen sunbathing on the beach, and I tell you no lie, many other local attractions too. Esperance has holiday units, apartments, plenty of campsites and cabins, and while you spend loads of time at the beach, there's also an aquarium with a touch pool, an adventure playground on the Esplanade, and a mini steam express train, all guaranteed to thrill the kids. You can also hire canoes, go snorkeling and diving, check the lapwing and sanko harvest wrecks and walk through the wetlands which have bird hides for bird watching. You can take a wildlife cruise to look for dolphins, seals, cape barren geese and sea eagles as well. Also check out Pink Lake, it's another stellar local attraction along with the Cape Legrand and Fitzgerald National Park with four-wheel drive tours along the coast. Inland you can visit the Telegraph Farm west of Esperance for all your camel, deer, llama, emu, kangaroo and buffalo spotting needs. If you're in the East Coast, you can go wild in Victoria's Snowy River National Park. It's home to the Little River Gorge, which is the state's deepest carved through limestone and sandstone by the Snowy River. Cars of any type can enter the park at McKillop's Bridge, where sandy beaches, rapids and shallow rock pools create a really excellent swimming spot for hiking and bushwalking. There's an 18-kilometre silver mine walking track and the short Snowy River Trail also starts here too. Things to do in this national park include horse trail riding at Karunda Park, a lodge and camping retreat that's also conducting tours and guided trail rides ranging from one hour to several days. You can do rafting, caving, abseiling and rock climbing are also available here and mountain bikes can be hired for self-guided tours. Speaking of tours, tours of the Snowy River are also available with Snowy River National Park's Discovery Tours along with four-wheel drive tours and guided mountain biking. You can go kayaking or canoeing along the Snowy River. It is a brilliant way to see the rugged river gorges with trips ranging from a couple hours to several days. You can also do overnight camping on the sandbars there as well. Now, the Fluru Peninsula, and I mentioned that earlier on that we did it in Season 2. We did the Fluru Peninsula in Season 1 of The Road Less Travel. And you can become a water baby. What? In South Australia's Fluru Peninsula. And when I say water baby, water and plenty of it. It's the draw card of South Australia's Fluru Peninsula with aquatic activities on both coastal and inland waterways. On the coast at Victor Harbour, on the it's the laid-back, I guess, life with fishing from jetties, beaches and boats. They're surfing, bodyboarding, scuba diving and sailing with charter boats and cruises available when you want to be out on the water rather than in it. Now, activities for summer holidays also include cycling, rollerblading, skating, kite flying and trips to the steam ranger Cockle Train. Just off Victor Island, you'll find Granite, uh, rather just off Victor Harbour, you'll find this island called Granite Island. It is home to more than 2,000 little penguins and it's an oceanarium for learning more about local marine life. 
There are great little penguin tours at dusk and dolphin cruises by day, which I really recommend that you do. You can also walk along the causeway or travel in the Heritage Tram drawn by Clydesdale horses. It is an absolutely magical place. The Green Hills Adventure Park is a great place too for kids. They have a water slide, there's moon bikes, a maze tractor, train rides, paddle boats. There's also a 12.5 metre climbing wall. Inland, the countryside is extremely pretty with steep rolling hills there, crisscrossed by waterways, cool pools for swimming, there's waterfalls and picnic places along there too. When you think about Australian beaches, there's nothing more iconic than Manly Beach, which could be the ultimate Christmas by the beach. Yes, it is busy and super busy. The beach is crowded, but Sydney's Manly Beach has a year-round holiday atmosphere, making it relaxing but fun and upbeat too at the same time. Close to the many beaches on this lovely New South Wales northern peninsula is a place to take surf lessons at a surf school where you can go bodyboarding and sailing. Now, if you're not staying at Manly, see it all in the blur with Bonzer's Bikes in Sydney and Manly Beach Tours, which is a fully guided tour including a ferry ride, biking through Manly, North Head and Sydney's historic business district business district adults are 120 bucks kids 95 bucks bonza bikes also has a sydney harbour bridge ride where adults are 95 and kids are 75 bucks which are right over the bridge and around the north shore which we did was absolutely brilliant you can discover vintage trains in new south wales and victoria if you're into trains and who what he doesn't love trains there are vintage steam and electric train rides to be had in many parts of australia In Victoria, we have Puffing Billy. It's the remaining survivor of the narrow-gauge steam trains from the 1800s. It runs three or four times daily from its station at Belgrave to Emerald Lakeside Park or Gembrook, and it stops at the Menzies Creek Steam Train Museum, which is open weekends and public holidays. Now, at Emerald Lake, the model railway at Lakeside Park has more than two kilometres of track that the kids can enjoy. South Australia has the Pitchy Ritchie Railway, which runs heritage train journeys on the oldest remaining section of the famous old narrow-gauge Garn Railway from Quorn and Port Augusta, while the Great Lithgow Zigzag Railway and the New South Wales Blue Mountains has round trips of about an hour and a half from Clarence Station on this engineering masterpiece of a railway line. Also, for something completely different, write a section of one of the world's great train journeys on the GAM, which is Adelaide to Darwin via Alice Springs, or the Indian Pacific, Sydney to Perth via Broken Hill and Adelaide. And, of course, you'll need to make sure it's dark all the time or you're travelling, but these trains do have kids' menus, so this could be just the ticket. If you want to head to the Snowy Mountains for gold archery and horses, it is a terrific base for skiing in winter, but Lake Krakenback Resort in the New South Wales Snowy Mountains is just great for holidays too during the warmer months. They have a range of self-catering luxury apartments and houses and a wide wide range of activities available there too. Here is just a small sample of some of the facilities up for grabs. They have a nine Uh, nine hole par three golf course if you're into your golf indoor swimming pool an archery field horses and stables canoes for splashing about on lake krakenback mountain bikes bush walking trails tennis badminton and volleyball courts all excellent spots too for trout fishing there are also kosciuszko alpine guided walks that also start from this location as well as a series of walks in and around the property 
They can also do babysitting. They can arrange that. And they also have a kids' club available there too. They have five gas barbecues scattered around the resort. Also have a grocery store, a cafe and a restaurant so you can combine meals out with self-catering. Quite the perfect little arrangement for families. So that is 10 destinations that we've put together, I guess 10 unique Christmas holiday destinations that you might want to put down on the list of places to to visit uh, no matter where you are in Australia. If you've got a destination that you've got a trip coming up, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Now, as it's one of the busiest and most dangerous periods for Australian drivers, it's really important to be aware and prepared for the heightened risks on the road this Christmas and New Year period. And with domestic and international travel on its way back to normality, we can expect to see that the risk increase even more significantly this year. So regardless of whether you're working or heading off on a family road trip, these coming holidays have a list and I guess some tips for staying safe on a long journey this Christmas and New Year. And at this time of year, you're going to be sharing the road with a lot. And I mean a lot more vehicles than you would typically. And whether you like it or not, all this congestion will undoubtedly lead to longer journey times and often frustration. For instance, a trip that might normally take four hours could end up taking you six. And as painful as it may be, planning for those delays will also help avoid any stress and it keeps you driving safely throughout the whole trip. And with people travelling long distances and all hours of the day and night, holiday drivers are more likely to be driving tired, forcing them to lose concentration or become distracted. So guys, with this in mind, the best way to stay safe on the road during these busy times is to utilise defensive driving techniques. Some of these techniques include being aware of your surroundings, paying extra attention to what others are doing and keeping four seconds distance between you and other drivers, checking your mirrors all the time. It's also a good idea to position your vehicle where you have the best view of others and where they have the best view of you. This also helps minimise the risk of a collision, also allows the best chance of getting out of the way should you need to. And just because the speed limit might be 100 or 110, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is the speed that is safe for you, particularly in holiday traffic. So it's important to read the road and the weather conditions and adjust your driving behaviours accordingly. For instance, if you're being forced to stop frequently, reduce your speed and increase the distance between you and the vehicle in front. Similarly to those driving on country roads should use extra caution again because of the flood rain floods that have happened the, some of the roads are absolutely atrocious at the moment particularly when overtaking other vehicles higher speed limits combined with the potential risk of wildlife potholes and farming machinery on the roads they also add an extra element of risk so make sure you're aware and prepared to take action if needed. And while you might be in a hurry to get to where you're going, it is more important than usual to take regular breaks from driving during the holiday season. And why, you ask? Because it's impossible to remain alert to road conditions when you're tired and you'll need to assume that other drivers aren't operating at their peak performance either. So ensure you're able to function safely. Aim to take a break every two hours of driving and make sure allowing enough time to get a decent sleep at a similar time every night helps a lot too. And whether you're working or travelling, the Christmas period tends to be a little stressful on the roads. Everyone's hurrying to get to where they're going and it's easy to rush over necessary safety checks on your vehicle, like securing your load. So to make sure that your luggage, for example, your cargo doesn't come flying off in the incoming traffic, pay extra attention when securing your load and check over it once you're done. It's also a great idea to check it more than once before you hit the road and get someone else to take a look too on the off chance that they pick up something you might have missed. So as Aussies rejoice in the sweet smell of freedom, we must be mindful that with freedom travel, we must still remain responsible. So don't take any unnecessary risks with drink driving or mobile phones and keep in mind that arriving 
late is better than not arriving at all. So from the team here at the Road Less Travel Podcast, we'd like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a happy and safe New Year. Don't forget to keep listening throughout the summer as we bring you the best of the Road Less Travel. My name is Nikki Shea. I wish you joy and happiness over the Christmas break and I look forward to your company next year. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you very much for your support. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. The Road Less Travelled is presented by Nikki Shea and produced by Fat Cat Media.